Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thursday afternoon, a scorcher in the Magnolia State, Sports Talk Mississippi, in the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort. I'm just going to keep on reminding you, the place to go to cool off is Geyser Falls Water Park. they got water, which will keep you cool in the heat. Geyser Falls Water Park, a super cool setup with the slides. They've got the... uh, Hey, they've got the, you've seen this before, like the massive bucket that's on a timer and it kind of fills with a, a faucet that goes into the bucket. And then when it gets to be a certain weight, it tips over and all the water falls on your head. It'd be nice to have one of those today. They've got one of those at Geyser Falls Water Park. Learn more about them at geyserfalls.com or pearlriverresort.com. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Thanks for being with us. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet. Learn more at ceasefire.com slash business. Are you guys water park guys? I am now. I can be talked into a water park, sure. Yeah. Yeah, little guy loves them. And honestly... Have you been to one with him? Yeah, man. And so his he's a little timid. Uh, you know, just his nature. No, so. Nothing wrong with that either. It's just Mm-mm. part of. It's just his nature. But um, it, the 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 taller slides, he won't go down unless he gets to sit on Dad's lap. And I loved it. <laughs> I forgot how fun water slides were. So yeah, we're water park guys. We're gonna go to Geyser Falls soon uh, because he loves that stuff, and it's not far. Like, you know. I live in the metro area, obviously. I get him a snack, and we're there. Like it's really not that far, even though it's quote not in town. Yeah, no, I get it. Does it take you an hour? An to hour get to Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah, that's that's easy. Um, and as he gets older, there'll be more that he's able to do on his own. Some of those bigger slides, I don't know if you can go two people down at once, but some of them you can, like the tube slides where you. Like you get in the inner tube and, and check the whole thing out. They've got the uh, the wave pool and all kinds of cool stuff, including the Lazy River, which just just kind of feels like that would be Haydad's favorite spot. You like Lazy River is pretty awesome. What's not to like? 
It's lazy. It's a river. Yes. Yes. What uh? What's up on a Thursday, guys? This is that time of the year where the um, the sports news slows a bit. We are in look back mode and look ahead yeah. mode, and just kind of enjoy the summer. Take a deep breath, reset because it all gets here in a hurry to start back over. Been kind of nice. Uh, I, I bought a book that I can't wait to open, but I'm not going to open it until I finish The Bear on Hulu. Um. Outstanding show. It's about a James Beard award-winning chef whose brother uh, passes away. And his brother had a Chicago beef restaurant that was falling apart. And so he quit his job at like this fancy restaurant, moved back to Chicago to try to keep the restaurant his brother's restaurant going and the dysfunction associated with it. It is it's phenomenal. Uh Anyway, so when I'm done with that, I'm going to read a book about a true story where a group of friends got split up because of the draft in the Vietnam War. And the ones that were left behind decided to bring some beer to their buddies in Vietnam. And the book's called, if if I remember correctly, it's like the greatest beer run of all time or, or something like that, where they just, they wanted to go bring them a beer and tell them about what's happened at home. It's like like they couldn't get letters to them for whatever reason or, or, or something. I haven't read the book yet, but that's the premise: is these guys went to go bring a beer to their buddies that were fighting the war in Vietnam when they were left behind, and their journey to go successfully, by the way, go do that. So I can't wait to start that. So not sports, but I'm pumped. Can I give you one more book recommendation, please? Yes. Have you read The Boys in the Boat? I have not. It is a true story based on the University of Washington rowing team and their quest to qualify for the 1936 Summer Olympics. And it's spectacular. Really, it was a few summers ago when I, I read that one. But it's, uh, it's really, in fact, that might be, that one may be worth a reread. Let me go back and read that one again. Which I'm not always big on rereading a book, but probably probably should do that with uh, a bunch of books. So, thanks for being with us. Glad to have you along. And uh, let's just jump in, because we do still have plenty to talk about. Last night, we had history in Major League Baseball. For the 24th time in the history of Major League Baseball, this happened. You know what's funny about that cut? What's that? You hear the crowd? That's, that's a ro- in Oakland. That's a road game. And that is Yankees fans helping Oakland with attendance. <laughs> that is not a uh, fill-the-stadium game for the uh, Oakland A's fans in a reverse protest. Domingo Herman authored a perfect game against the Oakland Athletics. It was the 24th in Major League Baseball history. No hits, no walks, 99 pitches, 27 up, 27 down. It was an 11-0 victory. The um, the Yankees have not been very good. If you look at uh, the standings in Major League Baseball right now, we're not to the All-Star break yet, but we're not far from it. 
if you saw any of Steve Cohen's press conference, who is the billionaire owner of the Mets, he made that point yesterday. He, he made the point that, you know, we're not there yet, but it's getting late. The Yankees are in third place in the American League East. They are eight games over 500. Interestingly enough, at 44 and 36, they would be in first place in the Central. They would be in second place in the West. They would be first place in the National League Central, and they'd be second in the uh, in the NL West. Two best teams in baseball: the Tampa Bay Rays and the Atlanta Braves, who have won nine of their last ten and five in a row, and are playing great baseball. The aforementioned New York Mets are currently 17 games behind Atlanta. Biggest payroll in the history of Major League Baseball. $361 million, $89 million tied up in two pitchers in Scherzer and Verlander, not really paying off right now. No. But but last night was interesting, right? It's perfect game. Only 24. Which, I say only. I mean, it's an incredible feat, but it feels like there's been more. But nope, only 24. Uh, I was listening to Dan Patrick. Plenty of no-hitters. Yeah. Uh, I put him on in the background when I'm working all the time, and, and today he said that that perfect game was the wrong player in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the, the wrong place was, well, it was in Oakland, and the wrong time was it was so late that the East Coast didn't get to see it, but the wrong player. This is a guy that a few years ago was suspended 81 games for domestic violence. Mm-hmm. and was more recently suspended 10 games uh, that he did not appeal, by the way, for using the sticky stuff on his hands. And so Patrick's point was, if you're going to have somebody make history, you would prefer it not be somebody that is a suspended cheater and also a suspended uh, player for breaking the domestic violence policy. And that, that was an interesting angle today that I didn't hear anybody else talk about. I mean, you already always got to rain on the Yankees parade, Borky. I it mean, wasn't just me. The, it was somebody else. I, yeah. I I did not know about his suspension a few years ago. I had no idea until Dan Patrick said it. So blame him. So, so you said 24 in the history of Major League Baseball. or We said that a second ago. It's the fourth time it's happened for a Yankees pitcher. You know when the last time we had a perfect game? Because you, you said a second ago, a little surprised that it's only 24. Feels like it happens more often. You know how long it's been? Since we have had a perfect game in Major League Baseball? Seven years. No. It's been 11 years. Wow. King Felix in Seattle. August 15th, 2012. Felix Hernandez, the last perfect game in Major League Baseball. Um, Domingo Armand is the first pitcher born in the Dominican Republic to throw a perfect game. He also became the first pitcher in Major League history to reach that feat after allowing 10-plus runs in his previous start. He joins Don Larson, David Wells, and David Cohn as Yankees pitchers to achieve the milestone. You talk about how rare it is that it happened. David Wells and David Cohn, who, by the way, could not look more different than each other, did it in back-to-back years for the Yankees. Wells did it in 98, and Cohn did it in 1999. So, um, in his previous two starts, Domingo Herman had allowed 15 earned runs on 15 hits in five and a third innings. It's crazy, isn't it? 
Last night, he recorded 27 up, 27 down on 99 pitches in an 11-0 win. What a sport. That's baseball. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. A couple of guests coming your way this afternoon. Luke Johnson will join us on the Farm Bureau guest line about 20 minutes from right now. We'll talk with him about what we have talked about amongst ourselves the last couple of days with Ole Miss and Mississippi State about Southern Miss overachieving and underachieving. Borky, what's the um, what's Vegas's win total for Southern Miss this year? Let me double check, but I thought it was seven. Okay. I don't understand why they set any of them on even numbers of wins. Like, give me a .5 so we can actually go over or under. But maybe they do that by uh, by design. So we'll talk about overachieving for Southern Miss this year, underachieving, and what that would look like with, uh, with Luke coming up in just a little while. Kendall Rogers will join us to start the 4 o'clock hour from D1 Baseball. We'll talk with him about... The transfer portal, what Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss have got going and also kind of gets his thoughts on LSU's national championship. They had their celebration at uh, Alley Box Stadium yesterday. And, hey, Ed, my guess is you didn't watch any of that. I watched a little bit of it last night on a uh, on a replay on the SEC Network. I mean, I didn't watch the games, and you think I might have watched the championship celebration. No I, no, I just said. I did not watch. I'm, I'm assuming that one you second. Watch it. Yeah, I'm, I, here's what I've learned though. Five or five and a half for Southern Miss, by the way. Okay, we're going to use five oh and a half. Then. That's money to be made right there. Yeah. So five and a half will be our baseline number. So overachieving will be seven or more, and underachieving would be four or less. Underachieving would be really disappointing. For I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening at all. Nor do I. Absolutely not. But we'll get into that coming up in uh, in just a little while. So, um, ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business. We are, what, a week and a half away? From SEC Media Days, is that right? Or is it two and a half weeks? Two and a half. Two and a half weeks, yeah. Two and a half. So we got the rest of this week, then all of next week and the week after, and then we go to Nashville for SEC Media Days. Every year we, we do this kind of in the lead-up. We predict how the media is going to vote. So let's start with the East. And, and let's take a guess at how the media is going to vote this year in Nashville at SEC Media Days for predicted order of finish in the East. I think, without us discussing this offline, that we all agree 
that Georgia is going to be picked to win the East, right? Is there any dissension on that opinion? I think the top three is already set in stone. Well, I, I, I'm the guy who always votes for, uh, for Vanderbilt, so I, I don't know. Okay. Yes, Georgia will be winning that, that and, easily, yes. And, and we all believe that Vanderbilt is going to be voted seventh in the East, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. E- even though Vanderbilt could could be a little better, they went four and eight last year. They went one and seven in the league. They were competitive. No, they did not go one and seven. They went two and six, buddy. They beat Florida and Kentucky. I'm sorry. This is a prediction that I'm looking at. I, I just was looking for the team names, and I thought that was last year's record. No, this is a this is a league prediction for them this year. They they beat both Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Uh, last correct. year, and should have beat Missouri, and should have beat South Carolina. All right, so two through six in the East. My guess is, my thought is that Tennessee is going to be picked second in the East. Yep. You guys agree on that front? Yes, hundred percent. Who's going to be picked third in the East? South got Carolina. Con- okay. Mm. I, it's going to be close, I think, between South Carolina and Kentucky. So, so your options are Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, and Missouri. Your options are Kentucky and South Carolina. Because I'm not picking Florida or Missouri. No chance they'd be third. Florida might get some helmet votes, though. They might, but I think enough people are, are off the Florida train right now that it's, it's not gonna it's not going to happen. Is there any smart money that might go on Missouri to finish third in the East? Who are their West teams? Arkansas and who else? They have... Oh, goodness. Not State, it's not Ole Miss, it's not, it's not Alabama. It's not... I don't think it's A&M. Is it Auburn? No, Auburn has Vanderbilt. Their West teams are LSU. You got LSU and Columbia. LSU. So that's I mean that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough. You know you're probably going zero and two against the West, and you're going to lose to Georgia and Tennessee. So there's four. So can they be four and four? I don't I don't see that happening. Vanderbilt, LSU, Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about Missouri last year. And you know, I know it's not the same thing year to year. So they lost to Auburn in overtime by three. They lost to Georgia at home in Columbia by four. And you remember the Auburn game, right? I mean, okay, Missouri went three and five in the league last year. And you remember that Auburn game where what, wasn't that the one where Missouri should have won? Auburn had a player that, or was it Missouri that had a player that stepped out of bounds? They fumbled the ball going into the end zone. In overtime, right? Yeah, yeah. And he just dropped it. So that's a game yeah. they yeah, yeah. could have It wasn't won. a forced fumble, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know... Believe what you want to about the Georgia game. It always felt like Georgia was going to find a way in that game, but Missouri controlled that game for a long time. 
They lost. All right, so lost by three in overtime to Auburn, lost by four to Georgia, lost by seven to Florida. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat South Carolina. They lost by four to Kentucky. Tennessee kind of got it rolling. Tennessee beat Missouri 66-24. to Every game they played outside of the Tennessee game in the SEC last year was close. And that's honestly why I asked the question, could, could some smart money be looking at Missouri for a third-place finish? So their five losses by three, by four, by seven, so that's 14 points. By four more, that's 15 and then the the just lopsided loss to Tennessee. But the flip side of that is their wins in league play were by three against Vanderbilt, by 13 against South Carolina, and that was, that was two a weird game. I mean, they went on the road, and, and I mean, South Carolina could do nothing offensively against them. Yeah. It was a weird night. It was. So who's third in the East? I'd say South Carolina. I think we'll get South it. Carolina. Okay. Kentucky's going to be interesting though. If Devin Leary comes in and plays well, that that's that's going to be a decent team. The advanced stats, and no, I'm not talking about my trolling yesterday. It's true. The advanced stats say that Devin Leary is significantly more accurate than Will Levis. Yeah. So even yeah, though he doesn't have the arm stats. or whatever, but. Like at every level, well, I don't need it. I don't need advanced stats. I just watch the games, and I could tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> but but at like intermediate swing route, all that stuff. Like he he is an upgrade in terms of accuracy, uh, no doubt. So yeah, they're curious. The East is weird. I'm gonna keep using that word today. It's weird. It, it feels like even Tennessee. It, I'm high on Tennessee, everybody is, but are you convinced that Tennessee's going to be as good as they were a year ago? Are you? Because I'm kind of not. Who is their Jalen It just depends on Joe Milton. Well, it just depends on Joe Milton going to be as close to as good as Hendon Hooker was. We know he's got the tools, but can he put them all together? By the way, Kentucky's West teams are Mississippi State and Alabama in consecutive weeks at Mississippi State and hosting Alabama. They haven't won in Starkville since, I think, 2008. Hmm. Kentucky is 0-15 straight up on the road against SEC West opponents. And Mark Stoops is 0-11 in that scenario. Hmm. That's um, not good. Not, not great. So who's finishing fifth and who's finishing sixth? Florida and Missouri. You got Missouri in front of Florida? Nah. Nah. Helmet Florida's votes. talented enough to get that. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. All right. Luke Johnson will join us on the Farm Bureau phone line coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. 
guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Our very own Luke Johnson joins us. He's co-host of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Closing in on the end of the month of June and toward the 4th of July holiday, Luke is uh, on the road, and uh, we appreciate him uh, spending a few minutes with us this afternoon. Luke, my man, what's up? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you first time post-baseball and uh, just enjoying the summer. Good for you. It is plenty warm here in the uh, the Magnolia State, so if uh, if warm weather and sunshine is what you want, you've got it. All right, Luke, so, so, so let's lay this out. This is what we've done the last couple of days with, with Ole Miss and with Mississippi State. We've taken the Vegas win total number, and we're trying to decide if a team overachieves, these are the three reasons why. And if they underachieve, these are the three reasons why. And to determine overachieving, we're going a game and a half over the win total. So Southern Miss at five and a half, they go a game and a half over that, that's seven. So seven wins or more happens why? Um, I mean, it, it's going to be a, a broken record until week one, but the overachieving will be because of the quarterback play for a, a few reasons other than the fact that you feel more, that you're better at the position. You know, this is year three of Will Hall's offense. He's got... He's had playmakers on the roster, but they hadn't been able really to get the ball in their hands, you know, other than uh, they intentionally did super back or if Frank Gore Jr., you know, just showed out like he did in the ball game. But and what it's going to do is it's going to allow the playbook to open up um, rather than, you know, to, to limit it at that position. So if they overachieve, it's going to allow uh, – it's going to be because you, you start seeing some of these more playmakers, particularly at the wide receiver position – Guys like uh, Chandler Pittman uh, with some flexibility, but but Mims and Jones, Caston. Even though you lost Brownlee, you got some some other guys coming in um, from JUCO as well. Um, I would say the second reason would be the run game, just because you've got experience at the offensive line. Uh, it's Frank Gore Jr.'s senior year. Um, he's the heart and soul uh, of this team, uh, and not only that, on the trenches on the other side with Bivens and some of the other guys. Even though you lost Quiwan. You've got some studs. Thomas coming in from Arkansas, and I think if they overachieve, it's going to be because they're able to establish the run game and for really the second year in a row get a lot of pressure up front. The third just would be because of of Will Hall. I mean, you look at what he did last year. I was talking to some guys today about this. It's it's pretty remarkable that they got seven wins last year um, with, with just the turnover at the position and still trying to rebuild a roster. To the very fact, um, even this last uh, two weeks, man, what they've been doing on the recruiting trail, you know, they've been on fire on the recruiting trail. And I think it just goes back to guys believing in him and the third year of having that type of culture in a locker room uh, will cause guys to believe that they can actually win more than they can lose when they go out. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways those three things are, are kind of interconnected. If we go back to the quarterback thing to start, there, there are a couple of pieces in play, right? One is health, because for the last two years, the quarterback position has been one where you could not keep guys healthy, whether it was you know freak injuries or recurrent injuries or whatever. you got to stay healthy at that spot to get that play that you're talking about. But the second part of that to me is, and I remember when Luke, 
um, Will Hall was was hired, and the very first time he was on the radio with us, he talked about his offense goes based on the play of his quarterback, period. And and he had had good ones in the past. He had a good one at Tulane immediately before he came to Southern Miss, and they haven't gotten that consistency at the quarterback position. They haven't. And, you know, the, the, when Tulane came in and, and blew Southern Miss out, you know, I think Southern Miss fans need to go back and remember those 66 points that got put up on in the Rock that that's what an offense is capable of. That's what a Will Hall offense is, is capable of. But they just, you know, in, in some games, and you could say even, you know, last year they were playing maybe with an arm tied behind their back in some situations or at least half an arm tied behind their back. And so now, you know, with whether it's Edwards or Wiles, he, he hinted earlier this week, he said, he told Bob and Kelly this on the Eagle Hour, that he kind of wants that starter named um, two weeks before the opening game against Alcorn. They're, they're not going to play it close like up to the last point. Now, you know, he said don't hold him exactly to that. But he understands that they've got to go into the season knowing who the leader is. And then the second thing you talked about in the running game, I mean, it's like do you run to set up the pass or pass to set up the run? Um, It's like those two things are going to be complementary, right? I mean, Frank Gore Jr. being good should help the quarterback – but a quarterback being good should, in theory, help Frank Gore Jr. Yeah, I mean, it just takes the predictability out of what they've, what they've had to do. You, you were just limited out of the playbook. And so I think Southern Miss fans will look up today or look up sometime this year and be like, I didn't know we could do that. And it's just been, it's been mm-hmm. in the playbook the whole time. You just haven't had the ability to be able to execute it or put it out on the field. All right, so opposite end of the spectrum. And I said a second ago when we were kind of setting this up, I mean – the underachieve based on that five and a half line set by Vegas for for win total. We're talking about four or fewer wins. First of all, that would be incredibly disappointing on the heels of a seven win season in year two in the Sun Belt. I don't think any of us think that is likely. But if this thing were to just go off the rails and Southern Miss were to have a four or fewer win season, why did it happen? So. I'm not cheating. I'm just saying it's going to be because of the quarterback play. End of end of story. You've you already said that. No, I know that. I know. But I know. You you get it. I'll move on. The second is the loss of Austin Armstrong. Uh, Dan O'Brien. Nobody doubts. You know what what he can do. I mean, he's been under Belichick. He's been under Saban. He's been under Smart. He's been at Navy. It's the same defense. I mean, it comes from the same tree, but. You know, the fact of him calling plays every down, I think I think there, there's not going to be a let-off. But, I mean, that is an unknown when you lose uh, a really, really good defensive coordinator. With that said, the secondary, they lost Brooks. You know, they lost uh, Scott to the Cowboys. Um, they lost Malik Shorts. they got to replace three of, three of those guys. They've had some guys out of spring that really stepped up. Michael Carraway, of course, MJ Daniels, the, the Ole Miss transfer, Brendan Tolles. Quez McNeil out of Colin. Of course, Jay Stanley's back. Uh, but but that's some questions, especially early on when you're facing really good quarterbacks and, and Pratt at Tulane and, and with Florida State. And, you know, down the stretch, you know, what's Texas State going to do with, with Finley at quarterback to transfer in? So the secondary, uh, as kind of a microcosm of the defense, you know, what's that going to be like? And then it's the schedule. I mean, typically – you know, you would, it's the first time since 19 Southern Miss has had two Power 5 teams on the uh, 
schedule, which is, you know, we were accustomed to always having, you know, two or three on there. But then you look at, you know, your, uh, your, your group of five opponent, and they won the Cotton Bowl last year. So uh, the, the actual schedule, just to break it down, 56% winning percentage last year. The road, the road schedule is pretty tough. Um, you've got four out of the first six at home, and you've got four out of the last six on the road. You could be four and two if you beat Tulane through the first six. You could get to five and one. But then you go to South Alabama, to Appalachian State, and then you've got Lafayette, and then you go to Starkville. And then probably your hardest conference game is Troy to close the season. The second half of this schedule is brutal. And, you know, it, it, things things can kind of snowball. And um, unless they get a couple road wins, uh, the losses could add up, and that would be why they would underachieve. Are you going to make any road trips this year? We're planning to go to Boone. Uh, it's the last Saturday in in, uh, in October. We're looking looking excited, uh, really excited to go up there with the leaves turning and just kind of embrace that game day atmosphere. I, I am glad to hear that. We were talking about Southern Miss's schedule a couple of weeks ago, and and I said, hey, if you're a Southern Miss fan and you're making a road trip and you're only going to make one, then that's the one to do. Go go to Boone, North Carolina, at the end of October for that game against Appalachian State. That could be really cool. Yeah, I, I never, I never got to go there. Uh, obviously, and and have never been there. We've got some friends that are kind of telling us what game day is going to be like, and would love to go to Tallahassee. Just don't know if I've, I can pull it off yet. Doug Campbell um, is really cool, and then of course we're going to be in Starkville. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll probably make some little friendly wager with Haydad or something. Haydad's always up for a wager. Are you allowed to wager? You're a man of the cloth. I don't know if you can do that. I mean, like. Like, I'll buy you a hamburger or something. I mean, Jason Crowder's okay. supposed okay. to feed me pretty good pregame. But, you know, I'll, I'll do something for you. You I'll just, make it you just put while. me something down at put me down something at Ed's to pick up next time I'm in Hattiesburg. Oh, so you're, you're going ahead and guaranteeing a win. I see how it is. Yes. Wow. Shots <laughs> fired. Shots fired. There we go. Hey, Luke, uh, hope you and your family have a, uh, a great 4th of July next week. Always good to catch up, and we'll talk soon. You too, guys. Thank you. Luke Johnson, co-host of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, available as a podcast, and also uh, you can listen on demand at supertalk.fm on Super Talk Hattiesburg and Super Talk Laurel. Luke Johnson on the Farm Bureau guest line. We'll be right back. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Yesterday, a little bit about the fact that Choi Otani is having a, another remarkable year and he's doing ridiculous things. This week, in a game, two home runs, ten strikeouts. 
I mean, just say that out loud. Just pause there. In, in, in the same game, the guy hit two home runs to take his lead in baseball, and mm-hmm. then struck out ten. Right. <laughs> Not only does he do both, he is the best at both. I mean, Borky, this is this is the ten-year-old little league dad whose son is pitching. And when he comes to the plate and Dad's sitting behind home plate or over by the first base dugout, he's clapping. He goes, hey, come on, buddy, help yourself out here. You don't get to do that in Major League Baseball. You don't get to help yourself out at the plate. Unless you're Shoei Otani. Unless you're him. So, here's the reason I bring that up. Like We can have all the Otani conversations you want to because it never gets old talking about him because he's just so incredible. But we know that he is eligible as a free agent after this season. And everybody's talking about, well, how much money is he going to get? Where is he going to go? Are the Angels going to be able to keep him? Is he going to move across town to the Dodgers? Is he going to move north to the Bay Area? Is he going to go to Middle America and play for the Cubs? I actually saw a really fascinating prediction, and I think probably more wishful thinking than anything else. Somebody mentioned the Atlanta Braves actually might be a pretty good fit because they are on team-friendly deals with two of their biggest superstars. And so if they are willing to spend the money, it wouldn't necessarily put them in a precarious spot as it pertains to the salary cap. Put yourself in the spot. Oh yeah, yeah. No, if you have to, you do. I understand. Do no, do but I, but I, but I'm saying Atlanta, which is owned by Liberty Media, not owned by Ted Turner, like it was when they were kind of willing to do whatever they wanted to do or needed to do. You know, they don't necessarily. Atlanta does not have a history of overspending for players. They just don't. And then, of course, they're the the Northeast teams: the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Mets who have the largest payroll in the history of the sport this year at over $360 million. So, you have, it's a 162-game season, TV broadcasters, radio broadcasters, they got a lot of time to fill, right? They got a lot to talk about. And so on a Mets broadcast, oh, by the way, with the Mets in a free fall, the conversation came up about, well, what if Shohei Otani ended up a Met? He wears number 17. Keith Hernandez is the television analyst on the Mets broadcasts. Last year, his number 17 was retired. This exchange happened on air for a Mets game. Take a listen. Oh, I thought I had it. It messed up on me. I've just had a beautiful setup, hey, Dad. I didn't even press the wrong button this time. That was great. It was just great, and now I'm like tap dancing well, trying to get the page to reload. We, we we have the guy right there. He's right there on the left who can handle all this stuff for us and does it flawlessly. Why don't you just send him the file every now and then? I, I, I should, but I had it ready to go. Well, you thought? Here we go. You thought? If you were to sign with the Mets, <laughs> would you allow him to wear his number 17? Well, he couldn't. Well, with your permission, he could. 
Don't ask. <laughs> so it was a little hard to hear there. Would you allow him to wear number 17? And Keith Hernandez says, well, he couldn't. Of course, because the number 17 has been retired by the Mets organization. And the counter is, well, with your permission, he could. And Keith Hernandez says, don't ask. Borky, you you love that little segment we do where we say fair or foul. I don't know if Shohei Otani really cares about the number 17. But if he does, Keith Hernandez is going to stand in the way of that getting done because his number has been retired? Fair or foul? It's fair. The Mets retired his number. They gave him that honor. He is fully within his rights to say, no, it is retired. That is my honor. You shouldn't have retired it if you thought this might be a concern. If uh, jersey number is the difference, Shohei's not yeah. going to the Mets anyway. That was, that was another thing, yeah. Keith Hernandez hit 162 career home runs. Shohei Otani already has 155. <laughs> Not to mention striking out 624 <laughs> with 42 wins on the mound and a two-and-a-half ERA. Keith Hernandez. Tell me you think a lot of yourself without telling me you think a lot of yourself. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Thursday afternoon, the 29th of June. As we begin the 4 o'clock hour, we go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. I will say this, unless something earth-shattering happens on the college baseball front between now and about December, we will let Kendall Rogers take a break. Uh, Kendall, thank you for the time that you've spent with us throughout the course of the season in the last few years. We always enjoy the conversations and uh, appreciate you, you spending the time with us. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, there's only a few shows that I'll do every week, and you're one of them. You're a, I think you're a great advocate for our sport, and obviously you do a great job in your own, own realm. So I enjoy it, man. I, I appreciate that very much as well. So this College World Series was good, and we go all the way. It was even great. And we go all the way through the first game of the championship series, and it's like, how can this get any better? And then we kind of go want want with the last two games. You know, a twenty run win for Florida, and then a fourteen run win for LSU. What did you take away from what happened in the final two games? Yeah, it was a really weird World Series in the sense that, like, I felt like ninety five percent of the games were really good, and you know, what was it at one point like six of eight? were one-run games, but then you mm-hmm. look at the, the way the two final games went, and it was kind of crazy that, you know, one game went one direction uh, in, a, in, you know, a huge differential, and the next game went another direction. You know, I, I kind of think what ha- kind of happened in that situation is I think in that ballpark, once you get up big on somebody, it's really difficult to come back 
And uh, I, I just think when you look at those two teams, I think once one team got ahead a little bit, you know, in that ballpark, it's really difficult. Let's say it's seven to one or seven seven to two. It's really difficult to come back and beat somebody. And so I think that's kind of why you saw those two lopsided games. But for the most part, man, uh, I thought in terms of just the star power, the teams, the expectations, uh, to me, it was one of the better World Series over the last few years, no doubt. Kendall, LSU had Paul Skeens up in the bullpen late in the ballgame. Clearly, he was not needed. It would have been an incredible curtain call, kind of a cherry on top of a, a great season, maybe you know, one of the best seasons that we've ever seen from, from a pitcher in college baseball. Did they make the right decision not to put him out there on Monday night? Oh, I think they 100% made the right decision. I think if you look at that situation as a whole, you know, you're, you're up that many runs. Uh, there is absolutely no reason to put him out there in that situation. I mean, you're putting a guy who is conditioned to be a starting pitcher and you're putting him out there as a reliever to close out the National Championship Series. I actually give, you know, Jay Johnson a ton of credit because I think in that situation, I think it'd be very easy to kind of get caught up in the moment of, oh, you know, Paul Skeen's closing out the National Championship and, you know, it's a storybook ending. And instead, Jay kind of pumped the brakes and said, hey, you know what? There's, there's no reason for him to be out there in this situation. So on one hand, it's kind of weird because, to me, I think he's the best overall player in college baseball. But on the other hand, it's like we went through the whole championship series, and by the way, the best player in college baseball never even saw the field. So it's kind of odd, but I certainly get the reasoning. I think he made the right decision. You think he's going one to Pittsburgh, or do you think it's going to be Cruz or Langford? Yeah, you know, I've heard kind of some murmurs that Langford might be on like a pre-draft deal with the with the Pirates one overall. But, you know, this time of year, I'll be very honest with you, you hear all that kind of stuff. And who knows what to believe. But, I mean, my hunch here would be uh, Dylan Cruz going number one overall with Paul Skeens and then White Langford in the three spot. Uh, I think as a whole, I think the biggest the biggest draw for me when I look at Dylan Cruz uh, is the fact that, you know, he is steady Eddie. He's a fantastic player. Um, you know, the other thing about Dylan is that he, you know, he's a guy that can play every single day. Um, whereas, you know, Paul Skeens, he's, he's starting once a week. So, I mean, I think there's more value in a guy that can give you something every single day of the week. And so my hunch is Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens, Wyatt Lankford in that order. And I'll tell you what, man, you cannot go wrong with any of those three. So let's let's pull this thing back to Mississippi. As uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss have, have been into uh, into the offseason for a while now, for, the, for I guess a month, um, last two national champions not participating in the postseason, not even participating in the conference tournament, obviously the focus – in both Oxford and in Starkville, is is getting that fixed, which means recruiting, transfer portal. When you look at the needs and, and kind of what you hear is going on, what, what do you think about this offseason moving toward next year for the Rebels and for the Bulldogs? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, from an Ole Miss perspective, uh, I'm very curious to see how next season unfolds. I mean, I think this is a team that, you know, if you look at some of their losses, you're you're thinking like, boy, this you know, like this is a pretty significant rebuilding job. But you know, there's no doubt they picked up some nice pieces in the portal. Um, you know, obviously, I, I have a pretty strong belief in that coaching staff as a whole that they'll kind of figure it out. I think for Mississippi State, um, Mississippi State's an interesting one. You know, they really haven't made a big splash in the portal. They waited a very long time to hire a pitching coach, and so I just think if you're Mississippi State, I'm a little bit more, I guess, concerned about them just because. You know, they waited a while for pitching coach when they knew they needed to replace a, a pitching mind. Um, they, they, I mean, they haven't really gotten, I guess, I'm, I'm trying to think back to everybody they've gotten out of the portal. They haven't been very active. And so, 
you know, I just think Mississippi State, they kind of need to get on their, their horse, so to speak, here as we get what was it the portal deadlines, what, two, two weeks away? So uh, it's going to be really interesting, man. I mean, both these coaches are obviously very good. They both won national championships. But the, the problem with the SEC is, and I had this discussion a, a few years ago when it comes to Georgia and Tennessee. And, you know, the question was, you know, if somebody in the SEC is going to get better, somebody's going to have to drop down. And the problem you've had in the SEC over the last few years is, you know, Texas A&M's getting better. Uh, Tennessee has gotten remarkably better. Uh, Georgia with West Johnson, they're making a big splash in the portal right now. They're not, they're not getting guys that Florida and LSU are going after, but they're getting that next tier of player. And so now you've got Georgia making inroads in the portal. And so Kentucky getting to a super regional. So the problem you run into with the two Mississippi schools is that other teams are getting better and you've got to find your way to inch that way up. And it's difficult, man. It is very difficult, especially in the NIL era, uh, when, you know, if you're Ole Miss and you're going after, studs out of the portal, you're in Mississippi State, you're going after studs out of the portal, I mean, you're essentially in a bidding war with with other teams that may have more money. Do you believe that Baton Rouge is the destination for Chase Burns? I don't. I mean, right now, I'm hearing that his people would like him to get out of the SEC. I think the biggest thing for him is there's no doubt he's a tweener. I mean, I, I actually feel like he's a little... For me, he's a little bit, like, in terms of his pitching ability, he reminds me a little bit of Jack Caglione. If you look at Jack Caglione, he's one of those guys like at Florida who throws really hard, who has a really good breaking ball, but he's not very consistent. And when you look at Chase Burns as a starting pitcher, that is who he is. He's got a big-time arm. He's going to get up to 100. He's going to have a really nice slider, uh, but his command is going to be iffy. And so I think his people want Chase getting out of the SEC, getting out of that pressure cooker called the SEC, and getting in a conference like the Big 12 or even maybe the ACC to where he can actually start on a Friday or Saturday, and the competition isn't quite what it is in the SEC. That's mm-hmm. my hunch, and I think that's why TCU is coming up pretty big on this one. But we'll see. I mean, I, I've learned since Tommy White last year. I still remember being on the phone with multiple coaches in the SEC. Oh, you know, I know, I know for a fact Tommy White's going to Florida, Florida State. And what happened? He committed to LSU. So always keep an eye on the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, it would be foolish not to. Can, can he get the same money on the NIL front outside the SEC that he could in in the league? I think TCU is an outlier. Uh, I think TCU, when you look at the money behind that program, uh, I mean, they've got a lot of wealthy you know donors, and they've got a lot of money pumping into that program. Now, you know, you look at their facility, and it's just okay. But I mean, there's a lot of money in that program. I mean, Jim Schlossnagel, when he was there as a head coach. Uh, was making like 1.4 million. Kirk Sarlis probably will be making 1.4, 1.5 when they redo his contract. So there is plenty of money to go around there. They may not be able to stockpile guys out of the portal like maybe LSU. They can certainly spend some money on a guy like Chase Burns. Yeah. So I only know about this guy because I did the Tuscaloosa yeah. Regional and saw Jacob Myers pitch in in person. He he's at Nichols. Like there. I haven't seen that he has actually gone into the transfer portal, but in the era that we're in, I can't imagine a scenario where he goes back to Nichols uh, again this year. I know that there are multiple SEC teams that would love a guy that was a freshman that's mid to upper 90s. Have you heard anything on that front? I'm with you, dude. I'm very shocked that he's on the portal yet. I mean, I, I can't imagine that Nichols State has come up with an L money for him. You know, maybe he's just one of those guys. Maybe he's kind of the, you know, we were talking about TC being the outlier from a program standpoint. Maybe, you know, Myers is a kind of an outlier from a player standpoint. Maybe he's like, hey, these guys believed in me. I'm going to kind of stick with it. But, 
you know, there there are a lot of interesting kids in the portal. You know, the the kid that the uh, you know the kid that Ole Miss got out of the portal, Kyler Carmack from uh, you know Arkansas State. You look at his numbers and they're just okay. But like I've heard really good things about him. But yeah, I'm with you, dude. I, I, I go back to that Tuscaloosa regional, and I'm sitting there like, man, I can't imagine that guy has not gotten his phone blown up since that regional. But uh, we'll yeah. see. I mean, we still have some time. I would be shocked, honestly, if any big time guys go in the portal. Um, here in the next couple of weeks, you know, the only other guy actually with Mississippi ties, the only other guy that's been rumored to be going in the portal potentially, uh, and I don't think he's from Jackson. I want to say is Brady Montgomery at Stanford, but yeah. uh, I mean, you would have to have a pretty pretty lucrative situation to leave Stanford to you know go to Ole Miss or Mississippi State. That's, that's not any disrespect to them, but very few people you know leave Stanford. All right, 20 seconds left. I'll leave you with this for uh, until the fall. True or false, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are in a regional in 2024. I'll go false. I'll say one of them is not in a regional. Ooh, all right. I'll say the Two. other is in a regional. I think, one of, I think one of them is going to take a big step forward. The question will be who. And I, and I know it's like a loaded – I know like my answer – Sounds like I'm back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Are you going to fade it down or not? That's what we talked about. I'm waiting for you to hit play, brother. No, I was waiting for you to fade the music down so I could hit play so that you could hear this. Hello, Newman. I hate Keith Hernandez. Hate him. I despise him. <laughs> why? I'll tell you why. Well, let me tell it. No, you can't tell you it. You always tell it. All right, tell it. I it. You just tell it. <laughs> June 14th. 1987, Mets, Phillies, were enjoying a beautiful afternoon in the right field stands when a crucial Hernandez error opens the door to a five-run Phillies ninth, cost the Mets the game. Our day was ruined. There was a lot of people, you know, they're waiting by the players' parking lot. Now, we're coming down the ramp. Newman was in front of me. Hernandez was coming toward us. As he passes us, Newman turns and says, Nice game, pretty boy. Hernandez continued past us up the ramp. Then, a second later, something happened that changed us in a very deep and profound way from that day forward. It wasn't. He spit on us. <laughs> and I screamed out, I'm it! Then I turned and the spit ricocheted off him and it hit me. Wow. What a story. Yeah. Unfortunately, the immutable laws of physics contradict the whole premise of your account. Allow me to reconstruct this, if I may, for Miss Bennis, as I've heard this story a number of times. Newman, Kramer, if you'll indulge me. According to your story, Hernandez passes you and starts walking up the ramp. Mm -hmm. Then you say you were struck on the right temple. The spit then proceeds to ricochet off the temple, striking Newman between the third and the fourth rib. 
The spit then came off the rib, made a right turn, hitting Newman in the right wrist, causing him to drop his baseball cap. The spit then splashed off the wrist, pauses in midair, mind you, makes a left turn, and lands on Newman's left thigh. That is one magic loogie. Sports Talk Mississippi back with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studios, the one and only Seinfeld. We had several of you who mentioned, when I hear Keith Hernandez's name, the only thing that I can think of is the magic loogie. There you go. Do you not remember who the second spitter was? No. It was Roger McDowell. <laughs> there was a second spitter. I couldn't play the entire episode. So what no, was it? we'd be there all day. Did Elaine, be 30 minutes. Did Elaine go on a date with Keith Hernandez? Is that what got it started? I, I, I think she got introduced to him and maybe was going to go on a date to him, with him. And I think, I, think I have to go back and look, look, remember. Hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, when Keith Hernandez's name came up, it uh, felt like it was important yeah. to uh, play that but, for you. Uh, so, Mets, the, the goofiness of the jersey retirement thing aside, th- there's a bit of a conundrum with Otani in terms of the contract you give him, right? Because it's approaching, very fast approaching. We've never seen anything like this before. I mean, people yeah. only compare him to Babe Ruth, but the dominance that he displays in both hitting and pitching and speed and athleticism is unparalleled in the sport. I mean, it really is. Every stat you read about Otani is better than the next one. He's unbelievable. And so, in a baseball market that allows for the payrolls that it has, somebody like that, and it's not just about wins, right? That's the sneaky thing about sports. Uh Dak Prescott didn't just get his contract from the Cowboys because of his ability to play football. He's marketable. That kind of that kind of stuff is a factor in this. And if you're a team wanting to pay Otani, you're willing to overpay because you know you're going to make that money back because a bunch of people are going to want to go see Otani. They're going to buy jerseys and hats and merchandise and apparently socks are a thing now with players' faces on them and jersey numbers and stuff. Uh, so it, there, there's a marketing side of of that as well and. Patrick Mahomes' contract is worth $500 million, and that's in a salary-capped league. So you've got people thinking that Otani's worth six, seven hundred k maybe, depending on the length of time, or $700 million, depending on the length of time. But here's the rub. If he gets hurt, you lose two players. If he gets hurt, you lose your best hitter and your best pitcher. And so while his contract can reflect your best hitter and your best pitcher combined, but if he gets hurt, if he rolls an ankle, or worse, you lose both of those things. But how's that any really any different other than the numbers just a little bit bigger? And and maybe maybe it's a lot bigger. So Mike Trout currently holds the record for the biggest contract in Major League Baseball history. It's a 12-year, $426.5 million contract. It's massive. But those numbers are a little less than $40 million per year. 
Second highest, Mookie Betts with the Dodgers. He's on a $365 million contract. It's a 12-year, $365 million contract, which works out to $30 million a year. Aaron Judge with the Yankees. He rejected, this is, this is wild, but in 2022, he turned down a seven-year, $213.5 million contract. Turned it down, and he bet on himself. And boy, did he win. Because he got a nine-year, $360 million deal. Annual average salary of $40 million per year. Largest per-year earnings of any player in baseball history. So it's not the biggest in terms of total value, but in terms of annual pay, it's the most. Francisco Lindor with the Mets, he's on a $341 million contract. Ten years, $341 million. He's hitting 218 this year. Mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr. with the Padres. 14-year, $340 million. You know where he spent the end of last season? At home. You know why? Because he cheated. Performance-enhancing drugs. Bryce Harper, 13 years, $330 million. All-star break, is that when he comes back this year after his injury at the end of last season? When he's good, he's really good. But, Borky, to your point, I mean, you know, two-time MVP, 15, 21. Yeah. How much time has Bryce Harper missed in his career? Giancarlo Stanton signed that deal with the Marlins, the 13-year, $325 million contract with the Marlins. He's with the Yankees now. You know what he is this year? Not very good. Corey Seager. Corey Seager is on a $325 million contract. Otani is worth how many more times Corey Seager? I'm not talking about the the contract, but just like the player versus player. How much more valuable is Otani than him? Ten times? All right, so, so here's the question, Borky. So the largest annual average contract in Major League Baseball history... We just talked about it a second ago. Aaron Judge at $40 million. You've also got Garrett Cole, a pitcher, on the Yankees, and his average is $36 million a year. So let's go back to your premise. Does that mean that Shohei Otani is worth $76 million a year? He plays like he's worth it. He does. <laughs> Based on market value. So, what did you say? Seventy-six. Yeah, I mean that 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 is adding okay. the amount that Aaron Judge makes per year, plus the amount Garrett Cole makes per year on the same team. So, forty million, thirty-six million. That's seventy-six million. You're going to do a ten-year, seven hundred sixty million dollar contract for Shohei Otani? We, we really. We really aren't, but maybe 10 years away from the first billion-dollar contract. We really aren't. In, in what sport? In Major League Baseball. You think it'll be baseball? You already got him. In, yeah. Yeah. The salary caps are strict too much. One, one for soccer. 
for soccer. They already offered one there, but it didn't get taken. Hmm. No, it'll be soccer. It'll be soccer. Mbappe will get a billion-dollar contract from some Saudi-owned team. The Saudi the Saudis will go after him, but he won't. T- I don't think Mbappe would take that. He wants to play for the top leagues. Billion dollars? No, he can still get six hundred million. The Saudis no. Hey, they won. Newcastle, think about what whatever. You just said. Think about what you just said. Hey, Dad, he's gonna turn down a billion because he can still get six hundred million. That means he's leaving four hundred million dollars on the table. Yeah. Podcasts talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. So there's apparently a tweet from Front Office Sports. Uh, somebody sends us this on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395 that Al-Hilal, the Saudi Arabian soccer club, made one final offer to Leo Messi. It was three years, $1.6 billion. Yeah, he did said that. He must have said that to you in the break. He didn't say that. Oh, it was there. during the break. I did say that somebody turned down a billion dollars. Yeah, that you said, you you straight up said yeah, Messi turned down over a billion, but so it hasn't been signed yet, or that there hasn't right. been the billion. Yeah, he's going to Miami. And say, how much is he going to get to play at Miami? I'm not entirely sure because the, the way that deal is structured, it involves some Apple stock, I think, and some some <laughs> some some shares in the league. I'm serious. Really? Like they 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 put together some stupid package for him. Yeah. That's not just about a salary. So does so the NLS just to go back real quick? Cap? I I don't know, but they they basically bent the rules so that they could get messy, from what I can tell. Okay, let's go back to what I was saying though. I mean, think about if if I don't know, does Germany have a baseball league? Well, if a German team just came up with a billion dollars for Shohei Itani, is he really going to walk away from MLB and a chance to play against the best players? That's what Mbappe would be doing if he took one of these billion-dollar Saudi things. He'd be like, okay, you get to play against the Saudi teams, but you don't get to play against the best players in the world. He can make plenty of money. And then when he's 31, 32, take their billion dollars and go over there and play. But he's like 23. He's not going anywhere for a while. That's more Mbappe talk than I thought we'd have this month, but go ahead. Yeah. Just so, if he'd been born in Texas, he'd be the best slot receiver in college football. I tell you that. <laughs> David Beckham is co-owner of Inter Miami. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about that, and is the president of the yeah. team. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I know it's it's apples to oranges because every there there's soccer everywhere. There's not football everywhere, but that really would be like Aaron Rodgers going to play in London. Yeah. So, Messi is going to earn close to sixty million a year, which includes salary, owning a stake in the team, and his signing bonus. And it runs from July of twenty three to December of twenty five. But he could have made five hundred and thirty million a year playing for the yeah. Saudis. 
I, w- I was telling uh, Borky in the break that, you know, Kurt Benzema, great player, fantastic goal-scoring striker, but, I mean, not Messi. He's on, he just signed a deal with one of the uh, the clubs over there. It's a three-year, $634 million deal, I think. Wow. I mean, they got money to spend over there in uh, in, in oil country. Yeah. So, I mean, Messi... That's real money, hey, Dad. Yeah. Messi, yeah, according real to Google, money. has already uh, reached billionaire status on endorsements alone. So it, uh, That's it, not surprising. And apparently, Mrs. Messi was also... Preferable to living in Miami with their billion you think? versus Saudi Arabia with she, their billion. She decided it would be better to live in South Beach than Riyadh? Think so, yeah. I was told, or at least I read, that Saudi Arabia actually gave Cristiano Ronaldo an exemption because he's not married to his partner. You know, he has a, a girlfriend, they're married. They're not married, they have kids together. They, 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 allowed him to be exempt from the law that says you can't live together if you're not married. Mm. That's some power there, you know, when a country will change its laws for you. That's a religion changing its laws for you. Wow. What a world, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Messi's a, a... He's a soccer player. I know we do sports, and sports is literally my life... Patrick Mahomes is a football player, and he's got a $500 million contract, which already is cheap for what he ret- what they get as a return on that investment. So think about it not like, well, the football player is getting money, and, and I work a hard job, and I don't get that kind of money. Think of Patrick Mahomes like, a, like an investment. They, people already say that the return on the investment in Patrick Mahomes makes his contract cheap based on the return and that it's going to get restructured he's going to get more money soon because it is so cheap relative to what they bring in and what they do as a result of Patrick Mahomes which gives him leverage which seems crazy when you're 3 years into a 500 million dollar contract that you would be the one with leverage but when you're the one that's a magician on the football field I guess there is uh, is leverage to be had. Hey, Dad, you you, uh, you gave Luke a hard time earlier about gambling. You, you told him that he was mm-hmm. a man of the cloth, and Hollingsworth sent us a uh, a message on the uh, ceasefire text line. Said, "quote Bible doesn't say anything about gambling, son." Close quote. Said by a Methodist preacher and a four time club champion who is a four handicap and will take any bet you want to make on the golf course. <laughs> There you go. Some religions are against it, you know. Well, I did. I did do a little fact check, and I, I don't know that I necessarily thought specifically about this. I asked if the Bible discussed gambling, and Google tells me that no, there is not a specific reference to gambling, though there certainly are references to the love of money being the root of all evil, and you know, being responsible <laughs> with your money and not being. Uh, uh, a, a slave to trying to make a quick fortune. So, anyway, I, yeah, it's all about moderation, man. Yeah, that's all it is—just uh, moderation. Everything well, in moderation, including moderation. Hmm. Yeah. 
let's uh, let's begin a team. We won't finish it right here in this segment. We can by the time of the uh, end of the hour. The countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Number 65 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. The Duke Blue Devils. Oh boy, when they take the field to this, you just start shaking. You're so scared. I mean, so a fight song should serve a purpose, right? I mean, it should either strike fear in the opponent. Excite your team, excite your fan base, do do one of those things. I, I, what is what is that? It's um It's like a patriotic ballad of sort. Yeah. Not that it is specifically, but it has that sound. But, like, but, to but it. not an American patriotic ballad, like a Canadian one. You know, for <laughs> Yeah. Oh my the, the website for famous alumni, I just want to go and let y'all know. Ranks Seth Curry above Zion Williamson for Duke. I just want—I don't know what to, to make take from that. So Steph, Not Steph Curry's Curry. less accomplished Steph. little brother. Mm. Yeah, is ahead of Zion. Okay, okay, go ahead. Has Seth played more games in the NBA than Zion? Oh well, yeah, he's older. Well, I mean, I'm not far should, off that list. That matter? Played more games. Yeah. Well, Zion has a. Uh, Look, look at him. He's, he's over there. He's humping and hawing over there. What's going on? No, you all right? I've tried to, I've tried to make, his, uh, make a comment uh, without, without uh, you know, I mean, we, we you can't make an Anthony Merrill. Davis joke now that we're talking about Zion? You we're, want to make another Anthony no, Davis I, joke? I, no, I'm not talking about that. I, I was going to say i got to be careful because we, currently pant, we apparently can't say marijuana without offending the sensibilities of a high school student. Uh, but Zion has mm, had an marijuana. interesting off-season Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. God bless him. Okay. Well, look, we were here to talk about Duke football anyway. Yeah. Well, Duke football, basketball, same difference. Mike Elko. Could anyone have imagined that he was going to lead Duke to a nine and four record in year number one? No. As the head coach? No. Really, really good coaching job. And I mean, look, there's like a uh, like shades of Kevin Bacon, Mike Elko tie to to Mississippi. Mike Elko is the defensive coordinator at Texas A and M. He gets the Duke job. It opens up the Texas A and M job. And um, Ole Miss's defensive coordinator DJ Durkin leaves to take the defensive coordinator job at Texas A and M. Which leaves Chris Partridge to call plays, and that doesn't go well. And then Nick Saban loses his defensive coordinator to Ole Miss. So, Mike Elko, in a roundabout way, responsible for Pete Golding as the uh, defensive coordinator at Ole Miss these days. You can go a little further because the loss of Pete Golding ends up sending Austin Armstrong to mm-hmm. Alabama as a position coach, and now he's at Florida. 
Yes. Yes. No. You can you can tie it in. We'll talk a little bit more about Duke football when we come back. It's a uh, fascinating team, fascinating program with a quarterback who is returning. We'll be right back. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Back on Sports Talk Mississippi. Duke was team number 65 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Riley Leonard is the returning starting quarterback. Not only was he the quarterback, he was the leading rusher on the team for uh, for Duke last year. So Leonard completed 64% of his passes with 20 touchdowns and 6 interceptions, just shy of 3,000 yards through the air. He had 699 yards rushing with 13 touchdowns on the ground. Duke returns its top six rushers from a year ago. They return, like, every wide receiver on the roster. They lose their two top tacklers. So what are we thinking about Duke this year? First of all, they open the season on September 4th, Labor Day night, against Clemson. With an experienced Duke team returning, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Clemson is everybody's pick to win the ACC. Most everybody's pick. There are a few people that think Florida State might be the team. I think they are the team. I think they might be a playoff team. But, yeah, yeah. No divisions in the ACC this year. I'm excited for that next year, but I'm kind of jealous of the ACC for having that already. Yeah. Clemson picked first in the league, according to Phil Steele, followed by Florida State, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, Miami, NC State. Louisville picked sixth, and then um, Louisville and NC State tied for sixth, and then Duke at uh, at eight. Don't count them out. I'm going to... I'm going to say 7-5 and five for Duke. Are you? Yeah. Clemson, they'll lose Clemson, Notre Dame, NC State, uh, Florida State, and then one other. I, I don't know which one that'll be. Their non-conference games are Lafayette, Northwestern, and UConn on the road. They can get, they can get those three for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Although UConn? Jim Moore Jr. got them back in a bowl last year. You think Notre Dame's the other loss? Oh, Notre Dame is a loss for them, for sure. Yeah, yeah they got Notre Dame at home on September 30th. Yeah. They go to Florida State. They go to Louisville. Got to play at North Carolina. Got to play at Virginia. Victory Bell, right? In the uh, Duke-Carolina game? Duke-North Carolina? I'm pretty sure that's I right. That, I think that is right. That game is not played on rivalry weekend. It's played on November the eleventh. No. Does Carolina have a, a rival opponent that they play the last weekend of the regular season, or they just do they, things differently? I think they, they play. NC do they State. play NC State that week? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. So there you go. 
And it's only it is a the victory bell. Basketball rivalry for all national intents and purposes. That's not one you got to see on rivalry weekend, you know. I'd rather see NC State in North Carolina on rivalry weekend yeah. anyway. Little, sure. little juice in that one. So that yeah. is uh, that is Duke. Mike Elk, I mean, I, I just I still look at that thing. It's year one. First bowl yeah, really game. Good. First bowl game. They beat UCF in the military bowl first time since 2018. David Cutcliffe had a really good stretch at Duke where they won. They went to bowl games in 2014, 2015, 2017, and 2018. Really? And good. it kind of, kind of fell a, off at the end. That's about as good as Duke can hope for is to have that kind of consistency. Yeah. Famous Duke alums, not named Seth Curry. <laughs> Richard Nixon. Ken Jong. Tim Cook. Oh, well, I mean, Richard Nixon. Of all the famous alums that we have named for any school, is he the most famous? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you think about like pop culture people, like singers and stuff, not norm, normally not a lot of college in there, so it's very possible. Like, I don't know where Beyonce went to school. I don't think she went to college. So, Yeah, I think Dick Nixon's at the top of the list. He might very well be. Went to Duke, huh? That's what it says. That undergrad or law school or, eh, sorry. Uh, now, now you're making me do no, the. No, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Is there anybody besides Dick Nixon on the list? Uh, I said Ken Jong, who everybody knows is a uh, he's he was Chow in The Hangover. Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. Mm. Well, I thought went, went to Auburn. Auburn. Must be a yeah. graduate degree from Duke. Yeah, what do we, I don't I don't know how they rank this stuff. Did you watch Mad Men? Yeah. The guy who played Lane Price is from, uh, who went to Duke. Yeah. Okay. I, I know he's Harrison. sports, but Adam Silver counts. Adam Silver, yeah. Yeah. All right. Look up so, Duke, Cook here. team number 65 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Got an hour left with you coming up. We're going to get to the college football fix. If you don't have plans, for the third weekend of the month of October, don't make them. We'll tell you why when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoon, starting at 3 on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Twelve of them. 
all across the Magnolia State, covering all 82 counties. And we are happy to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Pearl River, uh, Pearl River Resort Studio that is where we are. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You could be there. You could check it out in person. You can learn more about it online at pearlriverresort.com. If you haven't visited the sports book, it's a great place to watch games, great place to uh, get a snack or a large meal. We, we kind of do the uh, sampler platter when we're there, and uh, it is always wonderful, wonderful. And uh, you got the uh, the individual betting terminals, and you got the the kiosks that you can use. And you get, it's just a great layup out, great setup. That's a sports book at the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. Seaspire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do. That is right here. In Seaspire Country. Let's get to a little college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford. Test drive a Ford F 150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. 46 years. That's how long F-Series has been the number one selling truck in America. Of course, you've also got SUV options like the Explorer and the Expedition, again, at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Uh, We are all here on Sports uh, Sports Talk Mississippi on Team No Fall Weddings. I think, generally speaking, we can be reasonable enough to understand that sometimes they just can't be avoided. For for whatever reason, the exceptions are extremely rare. But you really want to try to stay away from fall weddings. And then there are some weekends where it just cannot happen. Like week eight of this year's college football season that takes us to Saturday, October 21st. I don't know if prior to today you guys had peaked at the schedule for October 21st, but brother or sister, here you go. Yeah, no weddings that day. When, when, um, when I tweeted out, by the way, from our account, the whole, if you're going to have a fall wedding in Mississippi, do it on October 14th because Old Miss in-state and Southern Miss are all off that day. Mm-hmm. There was a couple people that were like, well, if you care about a football game more than a wedding, then the people probably don't want you at the wedding anyway. It's like, here's the thing. If it was you're like right. my sister, then no, I wouldn't mm-hmm. care about the football game more then my sister getting married. However, I did spend the first half of my sister's wedding at a bar across the street watching football until it was go time. But when it's just a, a, a like a 
Wait, the for, first half of her wedding or the first, the half, first half of her of the wedding day? day? The oh, day, okay. yeah. Like I, like you know how family does a bunch of stuff. I didn't. Oh, my dad was with me. We were across the street at a bar watching football, and then it was go time. Go gym. Uh, but it's it's extremely inconsiderate in the South because you are asking people to choose. I, I also, mean, I have, I've, I've got some close friends who, if you go back to two thousand three, hey Dad had to either mm-hmm. skip altogether or leave shortly after kickoff, Ole Miss LSU at Vaught-Hemingway. You remember oh, how big a deal that was on. in 2003? Come on! It was like their best yes, friend, or one on. of their best friends. They were in the wedding. Uh, it wouldn't have been anymore. wouldn't have been Brian Adad's best friend. And you know what? It's a guy Borky. and a girl that should have known better. Yeah. They should Borky have. Borky buried the lead, by the way, on the uh, the tweet about that thing. The best part of that tweet was the Alabama fan who made a joke about marrying cousins, and Borky hit him with the law in Alabama that lets you marry your cousin. You are allowed. That tweet legally. was soon deleted yeah. after that. Ooh. Yeah. I, <laughs> the guy I deleted his tweet? So hard. The guy deleted his tweet because Borky hit him with the, here is the statute in the state of Alabama that makes it legal to marry your first cousin. Shut up. Statute does not exist in Mississippi, for the record. Yeah, the guy tried to, oh, is that the cousin Mary? Yeah, okay, buddy. You live in Alabama, sir. Please. Just just accept that we're all a little rednecky down here. It's okay. We embrace it. But anyway, Go. yeah. Embrace it. Th- this... If they don't want you there anyway, you know maybe not. But no, the people that are there don't want to be there either. It's a anyway. But, but but hold on a second. Hold on a second. If they didn't want me there anyway, then why did they invite me to the wedding? Exactly. If we're being honest, all they really wanted was a gift anyway. So I sent that, and yeah. you know didn't make it on on game here, day. Here, here's your spice rack. I'm gonna stay home and watch the game. Spice rack. Enjoy the mar- given, yeah, enjoy the marjoram. You ever given somebody a spice rack for a wedding gift? Yeah. Yeah, and they got divorced like six years later, so never again. Mm. Would you care to hear the games that are being played on this oh, hallowed Saturday? I would. 21 October? I couldn't wait there. Yes, go. Uh, Tennessee at Alabama. Do you think the number of cigars in the stadium on that day will be a large it's number? Be high, given what we saw last through. year in Knoxville. I haven't seen either team play, but for some reason that game feels like it's a week of hype, and it's just going to be hype yeah. and hype and hype and hype. And Alabama jumps they out to both a twenty-eight be to nothing lead early in the second quarter. Could be. We've seen that story we'll see. so many times, haven't we? Yeah, they they may we'll get see. to a smoke them if you got a moment in like halftime. <laughs> oh me, Mississippi State is at Arkansas. You know what's great about that? Means I won't be at the game, so I can stay home and watch all these great college football games all day. What an, Ole an incredibly important game for Mississippi State Ooh, yesterday. The whole expectations overachieve, underachieve that game. If they're going to overachieve. You don't have to win that one, but that's kind of do. Ole Miss is at Auburn. Kind of falls into the same category. Saw a tweet from yeah. uh, huge game from from Johnny Cohen today that said Auburn had set a um, a single season season ticket record. That might be the first time in the recorded history that he's been referred to as Johnny Cohen. 
Well, <laughs> you know. Richard, oh, Richard, when I see you, I'm going to forearm you in the mouth. Mm. That that game. There have been games in the past where, where head coaches have not liked each other. And, <laughs> and, and Hugh's going to spend the week talking about, oh, Lane's a friend and all that crap, and it's going to be a bunch of crap because he's full of it. There will be no. so much disdain between the two tops of those football teams going into that game. And they're going to pretend like there's not. Oh, but there is. There is. There is. And again... By the I, way, quick quick prediction here. Tennessee-Alabama is at 2.30 on CBS. Mississippi State-Arkansas is at 6.30 on SEC Network. And Ole Miss-Auburn is at 11 on ESPN straight out of game day. Yeah. That adds up. I mean, Without knowing the other SEC games, yeah. There's not many. That's a heavy bye week. Okay. Wisconsin... Well, in that case, at, it might be a, a night, uh, a ESPN night game for state. It could be, could be. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin is at Illinois. Minnesota is at Iowa. Fun game. Sure. Michigan, Michigan State in East Lansing. Apparently, ah. it won't be too cold to play that one there that day. Big nude, big nude. We just figured out which big nude is. Yep. South Carolina is at Missouri. Losable. That is a 6.30 SEC Network game. Okay. Northwestern at Nebraska? Sure. Hey, you sure That's you a Wrigley re- Field. You, you sure you don't want to uh, rethink your big nude prediction? Oh, give, give it to me. What we got? Penn State at Ohio State. The fact that it's at Ohio State, maybe you might be right. Because if it was at Penn State, you know it would be a night game wide out. Washington State is at Oregon that day. Utah is at Southern Cal. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Take that one off at 10 o'clock after dark. Let's go. Clemson is at Miami, but wait, there's more. We'll give it to you when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. It's a, uh, a trifecta day here on Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, and his genteel. Michael Borky and his genteel. I've got one on as well. The golf shirts. I've got the, uh, the little golf print on the uh, the white with the green on it. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Mine's getting uh, a little big. It's a little big. Your shirt is? Yeah. Okay. We, got, we hit our goal. We hit, our, we hit the goal we talked about a few weeks ago. We hit that today. What was the goal? We're under three. T- we're under 310. Okay. Oh, just wait until you step on and there's a two. I, I that that is that would be a great day for America. We'll see when we. I'll let you know when we get there. You need. Are a, you going to do a happy dance when you do that? Probably. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. You need to buy up some of these Fourth of July fireworks and then shoot them off whenever that happens. <laughs> or have your wife and kids ready to shoot hey, them Dad. off. Yeah. Hey, Dad. I got an idea yeah. for some social media content. I'm listening. What, what, I'm always up get, for some content. When you get close, right? I mean, yeah. when you get to 
Mm-hmm. When you start videoing it each day, you step on the scale. And, I mean, if, you, if you're not there yet, just delete the video, whatever, so that you've got the yeah. video for, like, the genuine reaction the first time that the first number is a two. Yeah, sure. And then you just, I like, flip the feet, video but, around, you know, like, start dancing around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, everybody's got ugly feet. There's a- every, every adult yeah. man's got ugly feet. It's true. Yours will be no different than anybody else's. You're not wrong. You know, if I, I like, I don't want you to answer or elaborate on this, but have you oh, considered God. like weighing your clothes? So to that's know what made exactly me weigh today. What the clothes weigh? I ha- I had to go to the doctor today, and I th- when they when I weighed at the doctor, I was only three fourteen, and I was like, that's low for having clothes and shoes on. So I went home and removed all of those things mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. weighed, and I was at 308. So I was like, all right, that's good. Well, we I'll probably want the video when you are clothed. Well, there's a blur feature. We can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look at oh. my sexy body. Hmm. <laughs> uh. And, rules, and, and, and and our our internal goal, in addition to Hey Dad's goals, is He's got to, a tweet, a text that says, "You can probably sell your feet pics, dude." I'm gonna go to FootFinder.com and see what they do. Gross. A little extra cash doesn't hurt. Gross. Uh, you have to meet the. People. I've always been. I I, I don't. I want to do my own OnlyFans, but it's called OnlyFats. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not gonna be part of that club much longer. Well, we're we're working on that. We'll see how it yeah. goes. Yeah. So the so the goal, because Genteel has shirts in stock that are available mm-hmm. up to three X, and they are they are generous fitting. And mm-hmm. we got we, you, you made jokes about it initially, but, but our yeah. friends Blake and Bryce at Genteel got some samples made in larger sizes for you. They did some four X's and some five X's. You have gone from the fives yeah. down to the fours. Or you would have gone down to the yeah. fours, except for the fact I, that they ended up selling the fours, right? Yeah. So, so I'll get, I'll, I'll get when I get the I'll get the fours are the next step. I have a three in my closet that you that we got when I was yes. in Oxford. Yes. And it's just sort of wait. It's waiting for that moment. Yeah. So yeah. so that's the uh, that's I'm just, the next. I'm not going to say anything to you. I'm just going to wear it one day on the show and see if you notice that I'm wearing it. I remember what the shirt looks like. Well, there you go. I do. Sure so, do. That being said, you know we had our our stop today on the uh, catfish tour. Mm-hmm. We were at Lake Tiacata in uh, in Louisville, and uh, they have really good pie. And I may I may be back over three ten. I don't know. I had a couple pieces of pie. So. A couple? You didn't have just one? Well, I had a small piece of coconut cream pie, and I was very satisfied and happy with that. And then Bart Gregory, who's an enabler. Mm. Was like, you know, they have a great strawberry pie here, and I just couldn't resist. I'm just, I got my arm went behind my back, and he was twisting it, and so I had a piece of strawberry pie as well. Okay, I'm like, it had fruit. It was healthy. I'm, I'm a huge pie guy, but coconut oh, cream, I would have been like, we're good. Thanks. Oh no, no, Sorry. I'm out. And I, pi- I picked that over chocolate cream because I was pretty sure oh. Robbie would not want coconut oh. cream. What a, and I was like, what I love coconut decision. So. What a no, I love I love coconut cream. It's good, so good. Food was yeah. great, by the way. 
Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear yeah. that. Um, so, all of that to tell you that Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can uh, you can get Genteel products for yourself, whether it's the golf shirts or the quarter zips or the shorts or the swimming trunks with the uh, patented escape hatch technology. Whatever it is you're looking for as we move toward the uh, Independence Day holiday weekend, they've got you covered at GenteelApparel.com. You can also find Genteel at uh, men's clothing stores across the state of Mississippi, including Harry Meyer in Meridian, Landry's on the Square in Oxford, and S.F. Aldman in Gulfport, Genteel, and GenteelApparel.com. By the way, a couple of messages on the ceasefire text line that uh, that we should get to um, relating to fall weddings. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. There, there was one. My sister got married during the Ole Miss LSU game, the year LSU won it all. Assuming he's talking about 2003. I was completely checked out the whole wedding. Also, I yelled, go to hell LSU, when the preacher asked if anyone had any reason for these two not to be married. It's a good reason. Yeah. There you go. I'm down for that. Get a message that says, use earbuds to listen to the game during the wedding. Uh, the flip side of the you don't care about your friends and family if you don't go to their wedding because of a college football game is if you're getting married and you care about your friends and family that are college football fans, you too should be considerate. Yeah, I mean, you know... 100%. If you live in this state and you don't realize how important it is to like our culture and you think that your day is more important than the thing that people live for, then you're selfish. Also, don't forget, you may get married. You may get married on a day like October the 14th of this year, where there's no game for State and Ole Miss and Southern. But your anniversaries will have games on them. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. that's just a a couple problem. I'm just saying, one day you're like, it's your fifth anniversary, it's your tenth anniversary. You're like, oh, your wife wants to do something special. And it happens to be the year that Ole Miss or Mississippi State's ranked on the top ten and Alabama's coming to town. Oh, well, enjoy your your little couple's retreat. I'll be at the game. If I planned a fall wedding, my buds would be like, WTF, why are you even getting married again? You didn't learn the first time, (laughs) you dummy. (laughs) Ah, the C Spire text line rarely disappoints. Yeah. Now that was funny. So again, Saturday, October 21st, mark it on the calendar. We got Mississippi State at Arkansas that day. We got Ole Miss at Auburn that day. Branching out into some of the other conferences, Clemson is at Miami. Yeah. Duke is at Florida State. Uh, Texas Tech at BYU. Baylor at Cincinnati. Texas at Houston. Those are conference games, by the way. They are. They they absolutely UCF at Oklahoma. Nothing says Big Twelve like Ooh. UCF at Oklahoma. A one-year-only meeting. That has some little juice. Yeah. Yeah. Scrolling to see if any more of the Southern Miss that day. Army is at LSU? Wait, what? Are they really? Army at LSU. Yeah, that is a correct statement. Wow. Didn't see that one in the mix of these uh, these games. 
Let's see here. Southern Miss is off. They play on the seventeenth. That they play on oh, the, tu- the Tuesday. Yeah, that they, yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. There you go. Southern Miss at South Alabama on two. Oh man, if you are a Southern Miss fan, especially, especially if the Golden Eagles win that game against the Jags on Tuesday night, your weekend best feeling in the world will be glorious. Yeah. I always talk about that with the Egg Bowl. You know, win or lose, you get in that full day. But when you win, and then you can just sit there and watch football in the comfort of victory, oh, it's the best feeling. Yes, Southern Miss beating South Alabama, and then getting to watch these games all weekend. That their fans are in for a treat. Yeah, a lot, a lot of to be determines on the uh, the game times. We won't know those for uh, for quite some time. But man, what a weekend that is going to be. What a weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. You can be part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow them on social media as well, on their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok accounts at Visit Oxford MS. Check out the events page on the website to see all the things that are happening in Oxford throughout the summer, and don't forget the last Summer Sunset Concert Series event is this Sunday night in the Grove. Visit OxfordMS.com. We'll be back with you after this. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Whether it is a Ford vehicle or a Toyota, check out Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. The selection of Ford F-150s. I've been telling you for the last month that the selection is fantastic. Well, apparently you've been paying attention because they've got a few, but not nearly like they did. But more are on the way. And they got all the different trim levels. Also got a couple of expeditions on the lot. There's a Bronco on the lot right now, a great selection of used vehicles. Borky, they've even got, and this is random, for a car lot, but there's even a 2014 model center console boat Ooh. that is out there on the on the, the used lot, kind of on the far end right now between the Ford store and the, the Toyota store. God, I so, a boat. Every time market, I drive by the res, I'm like... I, you know what would be great? Yeah. Being yeah. out there, switching places with that guy. So if a, uh, a Ford truck or SUV is what you want, visit Belk Ford at Oxford Toyota. They've got, I think I counted four Toyota Tundras on the lot right now. They've got one that's completely blacked out. They've got one that's in Army Green. 
Um, really, really good-looking trucks right now. That 2023 Tundra is a special vehicle. So if any of that interests you, check out Belk Ford or Oxford Toyota. The best way to do it is in person. You go there, they will treat you uh, as well as you've ever been treated at a car dealership. Treat you like family. They'll take care of you. And uh, if it's not Belk Ford, visit Oxford Toyota or find them on net at belkford.net or oxfordtoyota.com. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We've uh, we've got one more team to get to today in the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Fourth of July will be a, a day off on Super Talk. You'll hear a best of, and uh, so we're kind of getting ahead a little bit, which I know is a complete mind. Um, yes, it's it's blowing Haydad's mind. Let's get back to it. 100 teams. Uh... In 100 days. Team number 64 on the countdown. Okay. That's the uh, that's the fight song for the Raging Cajuns at the University of Louisiana. Hey, Boys, hey, that everybody, knows anything about them? Everybody else knows fine them. Fine town as, with fine people. Everybody else knows them still as Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, a little bit of a transition year for the uh, for the program last year. Billy Napier had that thing rolling and uh, stayed for a long time. And, and we even debated whether or not he had stayed too long. He did not. In his last year, 2021 at Louisiana, the Cajuns went 13-1. and Last year, in... The first year for, actually the second year for Michael DeSormo. Wait, hold on a second. Did Napier leave after the 20 season? No. No. Last year was his first year at Florida. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So Michael DeSormo is going into his second year Correct. as the head coach at Louisiana. They went 6-7 and seven last year. Six and six in the regular season, and then lost in the Independence Bowl to Houston, twenty-three to sixteen. Started out well enough, off to a two and zero start. Lost consecutive games to Rice, who was a bad team, ULM, who wasn't great, and South Alabama, who was really good. Then they beat Marshall and Arkansas State. Lost to Southern Miss on the road to Troy at home. Beat Georgia Southern. Lost big to Florida State. And then uh, they beat Texas State in the regular season finale before losing in the bowl game. That has been a good program. And though Louisiana is a smaller school, that is a place that, that cares, and they have invested heavily into, uh, into that program. So Louisiana playing in the Sun Belt. Ben Woldridge is back as their quarterback. Had an okay year last last season. In fact, both quarterbacks that played significant time are back this year. Ben Woldridge and Chandler Fields. Combined, they threw for just a hair under 3,000 yards. Had 26 touchdown passes and 9 interceptions. So got some experience back at quarterback. They opened the year against Northwestern State. Then they go to Old Dominion, go to UAB, host Buffalo. That's a long trip for Buffalo to play in Lafayette, Louisiana. 
And it, it doesn't really fit the mold, does it, for a non-conference game? Not at all. Must be a must be a home and home. Surely Lafayette's going back there next year. I, I guess. And after hosting Buffalo on September 23rd, they road trip to uh, Minneapolis to take on the row the boaters, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Interesting. Boy, yes. I I sure hope they win that game because the row the boat, raging Cajun, Cajun Navy kind of social media stuff we could get. Is 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 good. I just just thinking about it in my head. Yeah. Who knew the boat was a P row? Something like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different states in very different climates and whatnot. But I, I do feel like the people of Lafayette, Louisiana, and Buffalo, La- Lafayette, 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 whatever. No, it's a big deal to those people. I, that okay. Right, hey Dad. <laughs> yes. Uh, are probably very similar. To each other, when it, when you really like boil it down to the hardiness of, of the people and and what they do, I feel like they're kind of similar. Hey, Dad, what's wrong? Why are you uh, Why are you taking your headset off and uh, pushing the microphone away? Your headphones and, and pushing away huh. the microphone. Continue. I am not part of this discussion. T- tell me your thoughts about the raging Cajuns. Ah, uh, they should be a fine team this year. Mm-hmm. With a, in a fine town with fine people. Shout out to Poche's Meat Market. Great place to eat. Yeah. So see how awkward I can make this for you? There are so many people that are wondering what the heck is going on. Like, what's going on? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right, who's the all-time leading passer in Ragin' Cajun football history? Jake Delhomme. Daylight come and they want a Delhomme. <laughs> what a yes. name. Yes. Boomer, Jake Delhomme. Levi Lewis was really good. He's this number two all-time passer there. And uh, Brandon Stokely is the all-time leading receiver at Louisiana. Now, I didn't know he went there. He was. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. We got a uh, famous alums check on uh, Louisiana. Are you opting out of this one? No, I'll be happy to look. Um, I'm still. I did not realize Brandon Stokely went went to school there. How about that? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, uh, that cannot be right. It's it's right. I think Richard Simmons went to Louisiana. Sweating to the oldies. He was born in New Orleans. That cannot be right, though. Why not? What, what's the issue? I'm just, I find, he did. I'm just he, he went there and then transferred he did, to Florida State. He got a State. degree. Oh, no, you got his degree from Florida State. Okay. He did attend there. Okay. Yeah, we'll give it to him. Uh, Allie Landry, former uh, Miss USA. Okay. Uh, former Louisiana governor, Kathleen Blanco. Her daughter mm-hmm. went to Ole Miss and lived across the, the way from a, a friend of mine. Her, uh, her nephew played baseball at Ole Miss, Charlie Babineau. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I know that mm-hmm. they were. I did not know they were relations. She is Kathleen Babineau uh, Blanco. Well, there you go. That's all. That's all we're really going to go with here. Okay. Not, 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 not a lot. Not a lot else. It's the uh, the only time in my life that I've been to the governor's mansion in uh, in Louisiana. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. So, all right. 
Uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, team number 64 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Just curious where Phil Steele picks them in the Sunbelt Conference this year. Got the divisions there, of course, and here we go. They are third in the West. Picks them one spot ahead of Southern Miss. By the way, that's, that Louisiana-Southern Miss game is on a, on a Thursday night. So they missed a couple of pretty pretty nice midweek games. That that Tuesday night game against South Alabama, the Thursday night game against uh, against Louisiana. It's pretty good stuff mm-hmm. there. For uh, the... somebody got me. Somebody got me on the text line. Thinking about it in your head, hey dad. Where else would you think about it? You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's like those people in New Orleans. Where do you got your shoes? I, I can tell you where you got your shoes. Yeah, they're on on your feet. Like I. I I, I know that uh, that trick. Yeah, we will wrap it up with you coming well, we up had to next. Lose one kidney, Mississippi, <laughs> in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit pearlriverresort.com. Talk Mississippi. Oh what is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour, presented by Superior Catfish, is off and running. Brian Haydan and Robbie Falk from Thunder and Lightning are trekking around the state to catfish houses to talk food and, of course, Bulldog sports. Today they were at Lake Teocata, just outside of Louisville. Catch the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and watch the episodes on Super Talk Mississippi's YouTube channel. For generations, Superior Catfish has cultivated fresh, delicious cat. What? I had to I don't clear know, my pause th- there. I, I don't know. I, well, I had to clear my throat, and so I pulled my okay. little knob down. You, you did good. Slide a little down. dramatic yeah. pause. I was like, "What's going on there?" Mm. Sorry. For generations, Superior Catfish has cultivated fresh, delicious catfish, and they perfected a process to ensure that you receive the finest product available. Remember, always ask for Superior Catfish at your favorite grocer and restaurant. You up for a little drive in a, in about uh, eight days? I'm asking you a question, Richard. Did he did he, did he disconnect? Ah, Richard's out. He's out. Oh well. I thought he was just trolling you. He. I, I, thought, I thought he, he was, was just trolling me, yeah. you. Yeah, look I at had him. a question for him. I, I was I was going to invite him to the next stop. Wow. It's only an hour from Oxford. Wow. Oh. Or or he's still trolling you. He could. I don't think he's doing that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, full, anyway, full, our next full stop on oh. departure and disconnection. He ain't coming back today. He ain't coming back. I mean, he's only got five minutes. Yeah. Our next stop will be July fifteenth. We're taking a week off. I so I guess it's uh, uh in fifteen days. Uh. But we will be in Algoma, Mississippi, 
at the legendary seafood junction. So if Richard ever gets reconnected, you know oh, maybe I'll just say. have to call him. You know what he's going to say? Yeah. What? No. Well, it's a Saturday. Oh, then it's he's a Saturday evening. One hundred percent. No chance. Say no. Zero percent chance. chance. Zero. Well, I'm inviting him because they asked about him today. They were like, "We need some uh, some Ole Miss people saying this catfish is good." And I was like, "Well, let's get Richard to do something." So I thought about this trip. Uh, so we'll figure something out. Send them my number. I will talk about catfish on. on the Rebel Report podcast and wherever else. <laughs> well, hold on. are you admitting you're an Ole Miss person? I there is a Rebel Report podcast hosted by Michael Borky that will gladly <laughs> promote. Catfish. He's like, what are they laughing it, at? It's going to happen. Uh, I think there's a zero percent chance. Hey, Dad, do you think it's more than zero? Before now that he's back, before we tell him what it is, I, th- I think I no think shot. He might consider. I said, Richard, okay. if you're willing to make a little drive, on July 15th, the Catfish Tour is coming to Algoma, Mississippi, and the Seafood Junction. If you'd like to join us for dinner, you are invited. We'll have you on the show. It'll be great. Is that uh, is that lunchtime dinner or like after the show? Be, no, it'll be dinner time dinner. dinner. It's on Saturday. It's Saturday, July 15th for dinner. They're only open for dinner. So we had to, to, to change our... Uh, and they're only open on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so I couldn't do this show and do that show on Thursday or Friday. So we're going on Saturday the 15th. Do you know where Algoma is? Just yeah. off the top of your head. Okay. Yeah. Not that far away. So I'm just, I'm just throwing yeah. that invite out. You go down Highway 9. You want to come, right? Greg? Well, no, you would go down Highway 6. It's outside of Pontotoc. Okay, I was thinking about a different fish house down Highway 9. I was thinking about one in Paris, not the one in Algoma. Okay. Uh, no, I, I appreciate the invitation. I, I would I would say that right. it is more the yes the the chance of me doing that is more than zero percent. Okay, I knew it was. It's less than a hundred. So, so. I, I knew it was, I knew that too. But I, you know uh, what? I wanted to throw the invite your way. I am I am grateful. We've been doing this whole catfish that. tour. This is I think this is as close as we're coming to Oxford. They wanted us to do one in Oxford, and I was like, you know. I just feel doing an MSU podcast at a restaurant in Oxford is a no-win for everybody involved. I just, I just don't think don't it's a, a, get, a good get, idea for anybody. Get, get down here in the metro. I'm trying. I, 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 I threw out a suggestion for that today, so we'll see. Okay. If that happens, Borky, you will be there. I will, and, be and, there. and I want Mister. J- I want Mister James there as well. Yeah, Mister James. James. Oh, he loves catfish too. All right then. I am. Uh, I'm sure so do that I. he does. Sure that uh, try their he does. frog legs and quail. I will certainly do that, David and Pontotoc. I love frog legs and I love quail. What That's about quail stuff. eggs? No, I don't like eggs. Ah. Yeah, but these are different. They're small. Are they? Well, they're small, but they're still eggs. Hey, don't forget uh, coming up after Sports Talk Mississippi tonight. You've got the news, followed by Lars Larson. <laughs> Naysayers go to the front of the line. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that our listeners knew what was coming up. Knew what was after this show. Good call. Immediately good following. Good call. Keep them informed on that. Immediately following this Six show. Six days I, from now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be different. 
Next Wednesday, you can check out Hey Dad on Thunder and Lightning on the radio following Sports Talk Mississippi. Good night. Oh, it's incredible! Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.